The work of this church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play here. Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to uusf.org. Not everybody can write like Sondheim. In the world, there is a lot of bad love poetry. I read a bunch of it this weekend. And if you're looking at the world of broken-hearted love poetry, whew, heaven help you. Just as there is an ocean of cringeworthy songs about love and lost love, when we fall in love, my friends, it seems all judgment, all self-restraint goes out the window. And maybe it does. Our brains in love, as it turns out, mirror brains of those struggling with obsessive-compulsive disorder. That is to say, they are literally single-focused, unable to think of almost anything else, determined to find, claim, be near, the object of our affection, just as Don described when he met Frank. My mother likes to tell the story of my first crush <clears throat> on a teaching assistant in the elementary school that I went to in Los Angeles. Rusty was his name. It turns out he had a girlfriend, and one day she came to see him during our recess Standing by the fence that was strung around our playground and sandbox area, she and Rusty chatted, and I wanted so desperately <clears throat> to be by him. But the other teachers, <clears throat> excuse me, wanted so appropriately that I give him his privacy. They must have said some version of, Vanessa, you have to leave Rusty alone. And I, in all earnestness, as got reported back to my parents, said the out of the mouth of babes truth with passion. But I can't stay away. My body won't let me. <laughs> we human beings, we fall in love. And good match or disastrous one, our bodies won't let us easily walk away. Our minds get obsessed and we can end up in all kinds of relationships in our sweet lives. Hopefully, one or more of these proves wise and lovely. Hopefully, at least once the puzzle piece of us is pulled to the puzzle piece of another where we fit with all of our idiosyncratic curves and sharp right angles into another and help put some corner of the world right and right where it belongs. But before that point, 
Often on the journey, there are all those relationships that don't work out or work out for a while but end. Relationships where one person ends it or even the pain of the mutual breakup and afterwards the work of making sense of what was and never fully could be. Most of us have at least one of those in our past, I imagine. Maybe from kindergarten, maybe from last week. A few perhaps have perhaps a virtual red ribbon road of broken hearts behind us, ours and other broken hearts snaking out. So Valentine's is often a holiday as much about being reminded of the history of love in our lives, all of the history of love in our lives, and a time to sit with that as it is about thinking about the love we have right now. And so, the relevance of an article I read years ago, an article in a largely trashy magazine, <laughs> truth be told, an article that set a frame around those broken-hearted moments. An article I have never forgotten. It was written, as I recall, and now it was a lot of decades ago, by a woman who was talking about all the relationships that had ended in her life, often in painful breakups. Now, though, probably at the ripe old age of still very young, she was beginning to see how each of those relationships had shaped her, changed her for the better. It isn't the way we normally think about breakups or talk about them. At least I don't think it is. Maybe that's because when we most talk about breakups or broken hearts. After all, it's generally right after they happen when we're deep and raw in the midst of them. And when the not working parts of those relationships are what sits and hits hardest and most stark and we're often reactive, painfully reactive about all of it, the way, the way we would be when you have a fresh wound and someone touches close to it or even brushes against it. Because these are fresh wounds then. At that stage of reckoning, you and I, we more often, I think, talk about all the signs in retrospect of how we should have known this relationship wouldn't work or how that person wasn't suited for us or revisiting all the breadcrumbs of warning that make sense, we think, a clear lineup when we look at them in retrospect that are so rarely clear in the moment in that way. Right after a breakup, we are wrestling with our feelings of hurt and disappointment and anger, and maybe the fatigue also of having to start all over again. Perhaps the most balanced and wise of us can see something else in that early moment of loss and ending, but I think all of us, when healing finally starts to happen, I think we all see something in the ashes and memories of the relationships that didn't work out. It was this 
that the article I read all these years ago talked about. I remember how the author cataloged one by one what she had taken away from each relationship that had ended in her life, how each one had given her something or expanded her somehow. There was the French lover who made her take up French, the person who loved jazz, the one who loved to garden. All these relationships had ended, and some badly, but she realized what she had taken away. How she had stuck with French and spoke fluently now and loved to travel to France still. How she still listened to Miles Davis and Nina Simone, how they were among her favorites, the herbal garden on her balcony that one person had literally or figuratively planted there for her. And how all of it, all those people, had opened these doors and windows to the world that she might not have opened herself. How she was bigger for having known them all in some way enlarged. And of course, we imagine that they were enlarged and made different by having known her. It goes that way, doesn't it? One of my best friends I met through a mutual friend. I was John's first year buddy in graduate school, and she became John's girlfriend over the summer. She figured that we should probably get to know each other given how much he talked about his core group of friends, how important they were to him. And even though she and I, from a distance, weren't really excited to get to know each other, truth be told. Still, we decided to meet for dinner one night, a kind of preemptive UN peacekeeping mission. And that one hour dinner lasted four as we laughed and connected and delighted in each other. John? John would later get the heave-ho. He wasn't great in the way he treated her, to be honest. So out he finally went. And even though there was a lot of hurt about how that relationship transpired and its ending too, my girlfriend, this friend, always says she would put up with all of it over again because it gave her us. And I'm forever grateful to that relationship too for the parting gift it gave us. That relationship, our friendship, has been irreplaceably precious. Love gives us all kinds of gifts, doesn't it? Even love that ends and ends badly or hard. Maybe, maybe sometimes the love that ends hard has particular lessons to teach us, ones that we might not learn elsewhere too. I wonder about that. I mean, we talk a lot about how love changes us and it does. Our love for one another, as all of you know, is this crucible, right, that can hold us. 
through a lot of hard but necessary reckoning and our family and our friends and our relationships are often exactly the tight embrace and the foundation that you and I need in order to risk stepping into hard and necessary change in our lives. Sometimes I think we will only change because of love, right? We talked about this recently. I think of this story that I once heard that I cannot ever forget about this bar in DC, this famous old bar. It was a classic bar, right? It had this mirror, this whole wall of mirrors behind it and all the bottles you know, lined up on tiered shelves in front of it. And the owner, the story goes, had a drinking problem and he wasn't responding to the early requests from his family that he change, that he gets sober. And so the story has it, the lore in this bar, is that his sobriety began the day his wife walked in with one of those old hard suitcases filled with a few of his important key pieces of clothing and papers. And the story has it that she came in when the bar was full and she said, here are your things. Don't you dare come home until you stop drinking. And in front of everyone, she flung the suitcase across the bar and into the mirror, shattering it and all the bottles and making her point. And everyone would talk thereafter about the day that Dan got sober. We do make a lot of hard change, learn a lot of hard lessons in the love that lasts and will hold us through it all. But just as often and sometimes in particular ways, I think you and I learn lessons, hard lessons in the relationships that go wrong and maybe would only learn them there from the pain of that. I think of all the things that people have told me over the years about what they learned in such moments. How they've learned that you need to name hurts or angers before they become a wall that separates you and that you can no longer take down. How some of us have learned too late that our partners are not mind readers and we have to ask for what we need or want in a relationship for it to work. How we sometimes learn that a pretty face is lovely to look at but not quite enough to get us through a lifetime of bliss together. Usually we learn that one early on or that kindness matters a lot in a relationship, or that respecting your partner can be as important, maybe more, than your passionate love for them. Though both are important. In my own short list of previous relationships, like the writer in the magazine, I learned also to love jazz, especially John Coltrane, especially the pieces that he wrote inspired by his religious or spiritual life, dear Lord, wise one, they're still my favorites. I took a three-month backpacking trip 
to Southeast Asia with a boyfriend, both of us quitting our jobs to do so, something that put my sense of my place in the world into wildly important perspective. I attended a ball in Oxford, a fairy tale experience among the old buildings and the grassy quads. All of those were lovely and world-expanding in their own way and things I took away from relationships that didn't last. And, and I think the hardest lesson I ever learned about life, I learned at the end of a relationship. I learned that you could love someone with all your heart and they could be a good person, no, a great person, smart and generous and funny and kind and it could still be true that you and they were not meant to be together. That seemed a horribly unfair truth to me at the time. It seemed cruel and it seemed against the laws of a perfect universe. Until I had to admit that it was true. Love is mysterious, I guess, to a degree. It doesn't fix all things. That lesson I learned the only way I could or would have, through a broken heart. Maybe, maybe all those broken hearts prepared us better for the ones who will not or did not break our hearts. Maybe they prepared us for all the people we have loved subsequently in our lives, for friends and family and strangers and new lovers. For sure, I think, and I hope you agree, that a broken heart or two generally means that we, when we find love forever after, wherever we find it, after some of the bumps and scrapes it took for us to get there, we know far better the preciousness of what we have. Broken hearts teach us that too. To cherish good, caring, mutual love when and wherever we find it. So, bless all the broken hearts, my friends, past and present. Bless all love has given us, how it has shaped us, the door prizes, the hobbies, the heart more wise and hopefully more supple and strong. Bless the lovers of the world, all of us. Happy Valentine's Day. The work of this church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play here. 
Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to uusf.org.